The 10th Josie Book Fair takes place in Johannesburg from the 30th of August to the 2nd of September. Festival founder and head Dr. Maria Fandril is with us to speak about what's been achieved in the last decade and all that's on offer this year. Dr. Fandril, thank you so much for coming in to speak to us. Sounds like you've really got a great program that you've put together this year and uh, you're marking a decade of dedication to literature in this country, we know. I'm interested in your theme, literature and working people this year. How did you come to decide on that particular theme? Thanks very much, Joanne, for inviting us. Um, You know, every year we look at different themes because we try to look at different aspects of building a reading and writing culture. And I think this year, the 10th anniversary, you know, it's sort of been a gradual... Um, development because we've looked at how to build book clubs, how to develop literacy, um, libraries, the, lo- the the role of libraries. We've looked at um, ni- um, 2016, it was Youth Rising to yes. commemorate Soweto. Right. Last year we looked at women, different sectors, and this year we're looking at worker literature. And we then had this discussion including, it was very moving for us um, with our patron, the late comrade Keropetse uh, Hosetsile, because he's also yes. a patron of the Josie Book Fair. Yes. And he was very hands-on in terms of actually helping us with our book clubs, developing reading, spending time with young people, etc. And it just seemed like, you know, this is where we need to know how do we get working people to mm. actually read and, and to write. And it was actually quite insightful because we've just had a worker summit. It seems like there are things happening where working people are coming together despite the problems, yes. despite the odds. And it's also been a way of reflecting on South Africa's history, its diversity, Mm. how people have come here from all over the world, and how through really bitter struggles and very violent struggles, you know, um, the discovery of gold and diamonds, wrenching people from, you know, indigenous... um, indigenous societies, forcing them to work in the city... Um, Mary Fitzgerald Square, where the book fair will take place, is in fact also a very historic place Mm. because in 1922, white workers used it as they were mobilising in their their strike, Mm. you know. And of course, 1946, it was African workers, mine workers who used it. So one of the things we're doing is a tour of the area right through from Newtown to Fordsburg, the present-day Oriental Plaza, yes. was called Red Square yeah. because mm-hmm. of the struggles of workers right. as well. So it's giving us an opportunity to reflect on our history, mm-hmm. where we've come from, and to look at why diversity and tolerance is so important in a new South Africa today and, you know, taking it forward and... And, you know, drawing inspiration, but not looking backward, looking forward in terms of how do we rebuild a society where language and differences are part of our wealth, our history, and not, you know, wanting the same. Everybody must be the same, same culture, same language, you know, but that we actually thrive, you know, we we, we become a country that thrives. You see, I'm interested in this theme that that is bringing to the fore very strongly, struggles against classism in our own society as well. Why do South African readers need to think about this through the medium of literature? I think sometimes we look at literature as a way of escaping and not as a way of how does it develop compassion? 
how does it actually, how do we look at ourselves as human beings in all our frailties? And it's a mirror of our society. And it gives us an opportunity as a distance to walk in someone else's shoes, you know, and to see what it feels like without having to actually experience poverty, you know. But to really feel what it's like whether somebody's, you know, issues of depression, whether it's issues of, um, you know, it could be anything. It, it, it's not necessarily just about social economic issues, but it's about the, diff- you know, the things that interest people um, and being able to then look at that as as our humanity and all our frailties and the human condition yes. as we try to make sense of the world on a daily basis. You see, I wanted to ask you about that because <laughs> what do you say to members of the reading public who say, I want to buy a book to be entertained and to escape. I want to see pretty pictures. I want to read beautiful words. The kind of writing that you publish is too stark a reminder of the suffering around me, which I don't actually want to be reminded of because life is hard enough. But I think, you know, in the lives of ordinary people... <coughs> there's nothing about just being I'm suffering etc ordinary working people laugh cry they're Mm. happy they struggle they enjoy life Um, whether it's movies um, whether it's having parties there's the first holy communion somebody's come of age you know what I mean it's about and I remember growing up and it wasn't there wasn't a lot of wealth around us but there was a lot of community there was a lot of things happening and interests and you know, I lived in District 6 and there were people with different cultures and it was just fascinating. Every day was exciting. I never felt, <laughs> do yes. you know what I mean? We never yeah. felt that we were deprived, we were mm. poor. The adults around us made things happen, you know. And I think you go to townships today and you see how people make things happen, you know. There's a celebration. I mean, there isn't this thing of people are marginalized and, you know, what the textbooks say and they say, oh, people are so poor, they're marginalized, they're depressed. They are not. They actually are find ways to build solidarity and so forth. And I think what we want is not a kind of, you know, a mass media culture, which is just everybody does the same thing and everybody must be happy. And you know what I mean? The kind of... Um, and I don't want to, to diss anything, but you know what I mean? Just it, It's really nice when you're growing up and you're reading romantic books and romantic novels. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a place for that. Yeah. You know, there's a place for that. And um, so I, it's just that it shouldn't just be all of that. Right. It's about how do we have the balance in life? Because life is about balance. See, this is an interesting thing because you uh, have chosen quite difficult stories to publish. And, and many of them are stories of happiness and of triumph. And others are stories that, that really extend out of the underbelly of our society. Many of them are quite raw. They tell stories of people whose precarious lives are invisible to many of us as the privileged. So, so just tell me a little bit about the work you've been doing in that regard to, to ensure that the authenticity of those stories is preserved. You know, I think what we've looked at at Kanya is how Kanya College, which hosts the Jersey Book Fair, it's yes. just, you know, it's one of our projects, but we've been around for over 30 years, rooted in the anti-apartheid struggle. So for us, it's about how do we strengthen civil society mm. um, so that we have a strong civil society that's democratic, that's tolerant. So we looked at 2009 and we looked at there's a very weak culture of reading and writing. We're not really celebrating. And it's not just about (coughs) telling, 
your story in the very narrow sense, but how do you link up with people all over the world who face very similar issues, Mm -hmm. you know, and to realize that you're not alone? Because when you feel alone, that's when you feel that you're powerless, that you can't do anything. So we try to get book clubs going. We try to get um, work with schools, with youth. And it's about people expressing themselves. In 2016, together with um, Comrade Jose Tzile, we ran every second Saturday. We had a poetry session, open mic. And he talked a little bit about his life in the U.S., the black arts movement. And then it was performance. Then in June, we went to Tembisa, just to give you an example. And we said to the youth in Tembisa, we will give you a platform. Mm -hmm. You come and do what you like. And we thought this would finish by one o'clock. By six o'clock, we were saying, guys, we have to go. (laughs) Wow. Such a massive response. And and are these kids who wrote their own poetry or just had this in their heads? Things are happening, Joanne, I think, on a a weekly basis. Mm. They're doing their own plays. They're doing music. I think the youth are actually doing things. And it's about how do we get close to what people are actually doing in the townships? Because I think a lot of that is not reported on. Yes. But you see these guys were doing pansula dance and they were using old paint tins that they had turned upside down that they were using as part of the act. Incredible. You know, when you don't have lots of money, your yeah. imagination has to kick in. Exactly. And that's, that's what we saw was just the raw talent that exists. And, you know, we it's a tip of the iceberg because we run on a very shoestring budget. And yes. it's about how do you get this platform out so that more and more young people can really come to the fore. I mean, one of the, the projects I think is, is absolutely amazing that you have done is, is uh, the books that you have published containing just the stories of young people young people who are living very disadvantaged lives but who have important stories to tell and now realise that their stories matter because you've published them. I think the first thing about it is that it gives them an amazing confidence in themselves. You know, so although many of them come from orphan and vulnerable centres, by the time they've been in a book club for two, three weeks and you see them perform at the book fair because they're also creating our audience and they showcase their work, they do not think they're vulnerable. They do not Mm. think they're poor, you know. Yes. Um, We did, when we were discussing the theme this year and we were asking them, what do you think about literature for working people? And... Are you working class? They said, no, they're not working class. Are you poor? No, we're not poor. Wow. And of course it's true yeah. because there's no poverty of spirit. Exactly. And I think this is what's the most important work of the book fair is to get people out of a groove that I'm stuck. Yeah, out of the groove of victimhood perhaps. Absolutely. Yes. Out of that groove of victimhood so yeah. that you can actually look at the possibilities around you. And, and I think it's that confidence that we are human beings and we matter. Mm. that can get you out of that and, you know, to actually work with others. So we're also going to be producing two books this year about the book fair and children and their stories. Um, About the one is called, you know, and it's about about what the book fair is meaning for children and how they come and they take the ride in the bus and they come to the book fair and they perform their work. Uh, but Maria, that, that also tells us that, I mean, we're very focused on creating literature for children at the moment. I don't know how focused we are on creating literature, perhaps for children by children. 
um, and, and how seriously we take those stories once they're out in the public domain. You know, we moved to that almost because we were stuck with not having access to libraries and books. And then we said, okay, let the children write for each other. Wow. Let they write and speak to each other. Yes. That's how we came upon that concept. It was through need. And that's how the theory developed the analysis, linked to the analysis as well. And that's how with the short story competition as well for the youth. But I think you make a valid point that they should be writing for themselves. And I think just to get back to an earlier discussion that you raised was... It's not about doom and gloom, but if you look at some of the stories that children read, some of these classic stories about Red Riding Hood and the bear, the, the wolf and the grandmother, I mean, they're yes. quite violent. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you know, yes. so a little bit of reality, you know what I mean, never hurt anybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me, in, in terms of um, of the funding of your fair and the sponsorship of it, I mean, you, your fair is quite different in some ways to to the larger, better known festivals. They they enjoy a lot more sponsorship and funding than you. They enjoy a lot more publicity than than the Josie Book Fair, to be honest. And yet, well, to be brutally honest, those fairs are often bourgeois gatherings of the elite. They they uh, move in in a very small circle. Um, you know, the the world of publishing and their niche wealthy readership is, is who essentially engages at these fairs. Why did you not want to produce a fair like that? Um, for, for all the reasons that, you, that you've just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose the question should be, how do you go about producing a far more democratic book fair? And we wanted a book fair from below. We wanted a book fair that didn't have gatekeepers either, a gatekeeper on the basis of class or colour or anything. We wanted a progressive book fair where people, the public, could come and host events because we think we face a really, this is a, a major problem, the weak culture of reading and writing. You yes, know, you've got yes. like 7 million South Africans between 15 and 23 who can't read and write, who are struggling with cognitive skills, development, and so forth. And if you're working class, you're at a decided disadvantage and the gap just gets bigger than your wealthier peers, you know, in terms mm. of if you take grade threes, yes. by grade five, the gap is bigger, by grade seven, etc. So we wanted it to be democratic, but because of the issue that we face in this country, we thought, how do you build a movement to deal with the weak culture of reading and writing? Let's get the public involved mm. so that the public can host events, can make things happen, and that we can build across class, across colour as well, a tolerant space. Yes. So 60% of our events are hosted by the public, which takes care of also our funding problems because yes. we, we, we have major funding problems, as yeah. you say. Mm -hmm. And it's not sexy if you don't have big celebrities, whereas for us is we get people involved because they're not about celebrities. They mm -hmm. want to build social justice, yeah. you know. And so we looked at book fairs around the world. We went to Kolkata Book Fair and we used our own money. We went to Kolkata, we went to Gothenburg Book Fair as well. And we tried to look at, instead of reinventing the wheel, what is it about these book fairs? And you go to Kolkata Book Fair and that's more than 2 million people in 10 days. Wow. And it's families. Incredible. It's people with their children. They've got a lunch, a picnic box, mm -hmm. and you see them milling around books in their different languages, and wow. they're reading, and books are cheap in India. Yes. And you just think, 
wow, why can't we have a culture like that? So, you know, it was very considered in terms of how do we do this in terms of this country's history? Because an elite project is just so limited. It's not mm. going to work. Yes. We're going to have continuing generations living this kind of any social inequality. And, you know, the mere fact that you have social inequality in society affects everybody. It affects mm. the quality of life of everybody, even yes. those who can go to private schools or can go, you know, schools that can have a book fair at their school. But what quality of life when the majority of people are excluded? And can you really say that you are a great writer if the majority of people in your country don't know who you are, mm. haven't read your book? Wow. Have you really... Yes. you know, reach those heights. Yeah. And I think those are the challenges. So people who give us their books and say, you know, you can republish. We, we're republishing Lindsay Collins' book this year called Getting Rid of It. Yes. And she's won the Commonwealth Prize twice mm. um, for Africa. Yes. And um, I mean, she's a brilliant writer. Mm. And Shalja Patel gave us her book last year called Migratude. Yes. The point Beautiful about book. those books yes. is that more people have read those books now because you've given them to us. We've yeah. made them accessible. We cover the costs of the books about 50 rand. And I mean, where do you find books for 50 rand? But it means that people have read your work. So yeah. that's the thing. Do you want to work on a little niche market as a writer? And, you know, you have a few celebrities. Or do you want to become mass-based and be part of the Josie Book Fair and more thousands and thousands of people read it? Yes. But we believe that every city, every town in this country should have a book fair. And that's what we want to promote, a network of community-based. And our book fairs, you know, reflect South Africa's demography. Yes. You have progressive academics, researchers, you have writers, you have readers, you have emerging writers, more established writers, the Zaxim Das, the James Matthews, yes. you know, who've risen to the top of their art forms, mm, yeah. you know, recognized internationally and comfortable with who they are, you know. Um, and I think it's about that. If we can chip away with, you know what I mean, the... The thing about we must be celebrities and rather work on the substance mm -hmm. of then we're going to have a country that's going to be great, you know, that people can debate, this rigorous debate. Um, and then when you rise and you've won the prize, <laughs> then you've truly won the prize. Yeah. Is a great right. Yeah. You've got some beautiful ideas going there, Maria, and I, I wish you good luck with, uh, with Thank you this, so much. this particular episode of the Josie Book Festival. It sounds like it's going to be wonderful. You've been hearing the voice at the head of the Josie Book Fair Festival, Dr. Maria van Driel, uh, who's joined us uh, in the studio as the uh, fair officially moves into its first decade of life. The 10th Josie Book Fair Festival is themed literature and working people. It takes place from the 30th of August to the 2nd of September at Mary Fitzgerald Square in Newtown. For more information, visit www.josiebookfair.org.za.